Hey there, this is the Business Talk with Luke Guy and Team show. I'm your host, Jaron Jackson. I just wanted to welcome you all out here today because we have a very special guest by the name of Marcel Pettipaw. And he is an agency profitability optimization consultant, keynote speaker, and the CEO of Parakito. He's on a mission to help the average agency get the information they need to be more profitable from sharing educational content and resources to creating tools at Parakito to make measuring the most important metrics easier. Everything he does is aimed at making agency profitability more accessible. I love that. Let's get down to business. Marcel, my man, good to have you on the show. It's good to be here with a fellow Canadian. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Love it. Awesome. So let's dive in. Why don't you tell me the story of how and why you started Parakito? Well, um, like most entrepreneurs with a good entrepreneurial story, the, the itch uh, kind of was on myself and we started developing solutions to scratch that itch. So my first ever like real business um, outside of things I did when I was a kid was an agency and we were doing virtual reality services for real estate agents. At the time, the market that I was in was very soft. Uh, houses were not selling very quickly. And so we were under a lot of price pressure. So very early on in that business, I had to start looking at unit economics. What, what was my gross margin like? What would I have to pay other people to hire them to do this work? And was that scalable? Did it leave me with enough cash flow to really grow that business? And I ended up walking away from that business very early on because I was having a lot of trouble making the numbers work. And through that process kind of discovered that for a small agency answering questions like, did we make money on this project? And can we take on more work? And you know, what's our utilization rate like? It's not actually very easy to do unless you spend a lot of time pulling data into spreadsheets and crunching the numbers. And of course, when the resistance is that high, as soon as you get busy, you tend to just not do it very often. Uh, which can cause a lot of problems. So fast forward a few years, I, I got into software, I got interested in building SaaS, and a friend of mine reached out who runs a software development agency out of Boise and said, hey man, I, I keep building spreadsheets to answer these simple questions that I'm asking myself every day. I can't find a good solution for it. We should try and solve this problem. And so that conversation led to us forming Parakeeto. We started doing consulting services as a way to get closer to that problem and understand how other agencies were doing it. And we started building products off the back of that. I love it. That's awesome. So tell me a little bit more about the people you serve. And I guess, why does that group of people matter to you? Yeah, so we primarily serve what I would consider to be boutique agencies. And I mean, that can mean a lot of things to a lot of people, but the smaller agency under 100 employees, the sweet spot for us usually is right around 10 to 30 uh, headcount. And they come and find us when they are busier than they've ever been, and yet they're afraid they're not going to make payroll at the end of the week, and they're thinking, man, something's not adding up here. How could we be so busy and have so little cash in the business? And that's when we start to kind of pull back the curtain and try to understand if the work is fundamentally profitable. We start digging into the numbers and really identifying where the opportunities are. And the reason this is so important to me is because, well, I was that person at one point, and um, I really believe that services, we know that services are a huge part of the economy and there's so many small businesses, there's so many startups that would never be viable or sustainable or successful if it wasn't for these agencies that are supporting them. And so I, I really believe that 
you know, this kind of the bigger thesis that entrepreneurship has the potential to be the greatest force for social good in the world. Um, there's an ecosystem that, of course, includes things like not-for-profits and charities and social purpose businesses, but entrepreneurship is the place where that can exist. And so, to me, supporting agencies is one of the bigger ways that I can support small business in general. And so making those agencies more sustainable, more successful, more profitable, um, I feel is going to have a massive impact on the global economy. And that's a good feeling. I love that. And it's super true what you said. I mean, I think agencies are kind of like the spider on the wall sidekicks that every successful business has. But unless you're in the space or you have a business, you don't really think about it. Um, and it's such a key component. And especially, I think, I'm sure you know Mike Michalowicz, but he, he talks about the only solution as a business owner, you think, to every money problem, the solution is another sale. And I'm sure you, you can see where that goes wrong. A hundred percent. So this is something I talk about a lot. I think there's a lot of agencies that reach out to me and they think they're suffering from starvation. We need more work. We need more work. We need more work. But what they're actually suffering from is indigestion. They just happen to feel the same. The thing that you have to recognize about a service business is that it costs you money to earn your revenue. It's not like selling a product where you know what that product costs you. And when you sell it, you've made money, you've made margin the minute that you've sold that product. If it takes you twice as long to get a website done for a client as you thought, you are incurring additional costs with that time. Um, and so if you're not paying attention to that, you can actually be selling work and making the problem worse if the fundamental operations of delivery are not profitable to begin with, or if the margin's not good, or if you're just compounding the issue that's already there. So I've seen a lot of agencies make this mistake where they sell to try and cover their overhead. They sell to try and make up for cash flow problems. And it actually accelerates the problem and drives them off the cliff faster as opposed to solving the fundamental issue, which is that they're not earning their revenue efficiently enough for the prices that they're charging. So um, this is, it's a, something that a lot of people overlook uh, when they're starting an agency see they don't really consider it enough until it's causing serious problems and then they're forced to kind of really look at it through a hard lens very powerful stuff 100 percent. so marcel you've been through a lot you've been in several different industries what has been the biggest motivation for you when things get tough because we know it's not always a straight line up mm, yeah it, it's a good question i mean I, this is getting like a little bit more personal, but I had uh, some hardships in my younger days having to do with my family and mental health and, you know, violence in the home that uh, were really, really challenging and put me in a, a pretty dark place to where, you know, around the age of 14, I was having, or between 12 and 14, I was having thoughts of, you know, taking my own life. So you can imagine being in such a dark place at a young age, there was kind of two paths that I could go down and I easily could have ended up um, turning to drugs, getting into the wrong crowd and having that become a self-destructive path. I was very fortunate that my parents and my support network understood the value of mental health services and I had access to those. And today I really feel that a big part of the reason that I am who I am is because I had to learn how to deal with hardships or learn coping mechanisms, learn how to manage my emotions. And I only was able to learn those things through the application of trying to solve these extremely challenging things that I was dealing with at that age. And I still look at hardships that way today. I try to remind myself when things get tough that 
you know, this is part of the process and it's going to be the reason that I rise to the occasion. I'm a better person. And something that a mentor of mine says a lot, uh, Dan Martell, he says, uh, don't wish for smaller problems, wish to be a bigger person. And I kind of look at things through that lens a lot of the time. There is a lot of wisdom in there. Thank you for sharing that. And it's so true. Like on the other side of every problem or challenge is opportunity. Absolutely. You know, especially in the business path, like, you know, we've candidly, you look at our business, we've been at this for over three years now, and, you know, we're still figuring out the product side of the business. And, you know, we've been working on that side of the business for all three of those years. And, um, you know, in a way you could say that that's, that's a really tough thing. It's really challenging. And, um, a lot of people could point to that and say that that's, that means that we're failing at launching a product business. But the reality is the reason there's no products out there that do what we're trying to do is because it is an extremely technically challenging problem to solve. And so the way we look at it is it's a good thing that it's hard because if we can figure this out, then there's actually a moat here. It's not like building a CRM where, you know, you can have 700 other companies spin something up overnight. It requires an actual deep technical understanding of not only the technology, but also the problem space. And so it, although it gets frustrating at times, my co-founder and I have a good habit of kind of reminding ourselves, it's a good thing it's so damn hard because if we can figure this out, uh, then it's going to be amazing. If we can't figure it out, then man, have we ever learned a lot through that process and it, and it's opened up doors in and of itself. Amazing. I love it so much. So explain to me a little bit about your offer. Like what are the benefits of working with you or what are the key problems that you solve? Yeah, it's a good question. So fundamentally, the problem that we solve is that a lot of agencies are not earning their revenue efficiently. And there's a lot like I'll unpack what that means. Basically, when they make an assumption about a, a piece of work. So let's say a simple example, a client comes to you and says, hey, I need a new website. And then you, the next process there is you ask them a bunch of questions to try and figure out what is the, the scope of this project? How much effort is it going to require from us? You make some assumptions sometimes very structured sometimes assumptions, sometimes very unstructured assumptions. And then you make a bunch of plans based on those assumptions. You figure out who you're going to staff on that project. You figure out how much you're going to charge for that, what timeline it's going to take place on, what the deliverables are going to be. And you start to make forward-looking decisions and you start to build operational systems for resource planning and project management and financial management on top of those assumptions. And so many agencies don't fundamentally lock down their process for making those assumptions that are the foundation for operations in any service business. And the fact that that gets overlooked is what causes a lot of the problems that we start to come in and solve. So we take a four-step approach to building profitability into the agency. It starts with formalizing the process and the structure of the assumptions that are made about client work. It then cascades into tracking the actuals so we can easily reconcile what we think was going to happen and what actually happened. That creates a feedback loop that we call the data feedback loop. And then the next two parts of the framework have to do with reporting and meeting cadences. So we're regularly looking at that data, understanding where there's outliers, and then speaking to our team about why did this go way better than we thought? Why did this not go the way that we thought? Are there process improvement opportunities that can come out of that? And then by finding process improvements in those insights, we then start to create more defined processes for how we deliver things to clients, which in turn make them more predictable and easier to estimate. And so the combination of having more data about how accurate our estimates are, and then using that to create tighter process that decreases the variance of 
you know, the effort that it takes to get things done. The end result is we end up becoming better at estimating. And that feedback loop essentially becomes a cadence that is constantly running in the business and the data and the work that you're organizations producing feeds into that process. And so it essentially becomes a self-tuning organism if we implement it correctly and, and the client sees it through. So we take that approach in consulting. We're applying that same thesis to the way that we're building product. And that is fundamentally what we do for our clients. That's insanely powerful. And it's very critical as business owners, as agency owners to make data-driven decisions and especially with service-based businesses, we're in a unique spot where a lot of what we sell is our time and our expertise. Whereas say someone that is a construction worker that builds houses, they already know for sure that they have hard costs. They have the cost of materials. Whereas an agency, it's more, it's almost exclusively software and the, the manpower to make things done. And that's really hard to quantify. Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and it, of course it depends on the services. Some have more hard costs than others, but you're absolutely right. Um, you know, and, and there's a whole rant here about time tracking, which, you know, the jury is out in the industry about whether that's something that people should do or not. Um, I think the reason that anyone is opposed to it is because they interpret that as meaning I have to bill for my time, which of course is, is not what that means. But um, yeah, your 60% of your P&L is generally going to end up being labor. It's the largest variable expense in a service business. And if you're not um, being really deliberate about how you build assumptions around that, how you track that, how you manage that, then you're leaving yourself exposed to a ton of risk. And you know it could be the reason that you don't make money in that business or you make a lot of money in that business. Um, so that's why, you know, we focus on that. Um, and then also partly because there's a lot of amazing content in the industry about how to get clients. But I felt, you know, when I came into this space that there wasn't enough about what to do after you figured that out to actually make money on the back end. And so that's why we decided to focus there. Powerful. And also if you don't know how much money you're making off of each client, you don't know how much you can spend to get a client, Correct. which is a huge, huge issue. Correct. So, awesomeness. All right, Marcel, you have accomplished a lot. You're very, very clearly process oriented. What is the secret to hitting goals in your life? I would say it is the deliberate designing of my calendar. That's got to be the single most important thing that I've done over the last few years to, you know, believe it or not, I was not like this um, in my younger years. I, I would not have described myself as a particularly organized person. I struggled to be productive. I struggled to stay focused. Um, you know, it, it's possible that I'm on the ADHD spectrum. Uh, the rest of my family certainly is. And, and I exude a lot of the same traits, but I think I've learned to, design my calendar in such a deliberate way where every minute of my day is accounted for between nine and seven, actually really between 5am and seven every single day from fitness to eating, to spending time with family, to working on my business in the different areas that need attention. And that has been a complete game changer. So if there was one piece of advice that I would have for someone that is looking to get more productive and squeeze more out of their workday, it is Go and be deliberate about where every second of your day goes in your calendar. Be deliberate about when people can schedule meetings with you. Be deliberate about the cadences that you install in your calendar, especially around things like new business and sales. If you're young in the business and you're struggling with the ups and downs of client work, 
those kinds of things create stability, they create visibility, they create momentum. And most importantly, they keep you working on the things that aren't necessarily bearing fruit now, but are going to make a massive difference in three, six, eight, 12 months. And I think that's the biggest thing that I've learned from not only doing this, but coaching well over at this point, coaching well over 500 SaaS and agency companies is that being some kind of creative genius, being some kind of genius entrepreneur savant is like 10% of the equation. The other 90% is just consistent execution of a sound strategy. Um, the consistency being the key there. So that's got to be the biggest one is just invest your time like it's money because in many ways it is money. Uh, in fact, it's probably more valuable than money because you can't buy more of it back or, or add more onto it to the end of your life. That's very true. It makes me think of the analogy of planting a seed in the ground. That's, that's like the first step, but then you need to continually monitor that seed and water it and let the sun nurture it. And you can't just dig, go dig it up every day, hoping to get somewhere faster. You have to go through the grunt work of allowing that seed to grow and blossom into the business that you want to build. So that was really powerful. Ninja level stuff. I hope everyone's taking notes. I know I am. Speaking of ninjas, what is one black belt level tip you would give yourself if you were starting your company over tomorrow? Um, I think that complexity is the enemy of scale. And I think that this is a mistake that I made repeatedly as a younger entrepreneur. And I also made it in the early days of this business where, you know, I think when you are excited about a big vision, about a big problem, about a big solution, um, or excited about your marketing or excited about whatever, you tend to do a lot of things as opposed to doing a few things really, really well and deliberately. The same thing is true about product. You tend to add way too many features instead of focusing on solving one problem in a really elegant and simple way. And that has cost us a lot of money in the past and it's been a hard lesson to learn, but simplicity um, really goes a long way in helping people understand what you do and helping you increase the velocity at which you can scale your products and develop it. And it, it, there's, there's a lot of power and simplicity and it's uh, deceivingly hard actually to keep things simple. In, in fact, I really believe that in some cases not being disciplined about that is just kind of a, almost a laziness thing where you're, you're busying yourself because you're not taking the time to be really intentional. So that's gotta be the biggest one is just focus on keeping things simple. That's really powerful. And I mean, simplicity sells too. So like, mm -hmm. there's so many ways you can take that. I really appreciate your wisdom. So Marcel, how can our guests find you if they think they might be a fit for your offer? They just wanna learn more. Well, even if you don't think you're a fit for our offer, but you know that you want to get more profitable with the services that you offer in your business, then definitely check out parakeeto.com. Um, we have lots of amazing content on our blog. Uh, and we're, like I said, writing about things that we had trouble finding information on in the industry, like what should your profit margin be on a project? And what should your utilization be? And how do you actually calculate that? What does or doesn't get included in that number? And we have an amazing toolkit that I recommend you go download where we'll take you through each of the four steps in the framework that I explained earlier and give you all the same kind of resources, checklists, documents, templates that we use with our consulting clients. You can use those absolutely free. Um, you can grab that at parakeeto.com forward slash toolkit. And if you're a podcast listener, which if you're listening to this, I assume you are, and you want to nerd out about agency profitability, check us out at the Agency Profit Podcast on all your podcast listening platforms. It should be there. If it's not, let me know and I'll make sure it gets there.
Perfect. And as always, that'll be in the show notes below. So, hey guys, this has been Jaren today. If you're wanting more leads and more appointments, we know the ultimate way is to gain credibility and that's with the power of PR and social proof. If that sounds interesting to you, be sure to hit up the loopguy.com. Marcel, it has been amazing having you on the show. It's a really nice to have a data-driven entrepreneur here. Any other pearls of wisdom you would like to share with our audience? Yeah, one thing that I will leave everyone with uh, is when you are selling work, make sure you have a 70% gross margin. That's it. If you do that and you don't spend like a drunken sailor on your overhead, you'll have money left over at the end of the year and everything will be good. So focus on targeting a 70% gross margin when you're budgeting your work. If you can end up at 50, spend 25% of that on overhead, then you'll have a nice healthy profit margin at the end of the day. You don't have to get much more complicated than that. Um, so I'll leave everyone with that. And if you want more like very specific things to be tracking and paying attention to, then you know, go find the resources that I mentioned earlier. Um, that, that's about it. I really appreciate you having me, Jaren. Awesome. Thank you. All right. This has been the Business Talk with Luke Guy and Team Show, and I'll talk to you all next time.